No, seriously, it's like it's like watching training for for being a Russian spy. You know, like in the Spy Who Loved Me, you're skiing around, right? Yeah. It's straight out of a James Bond movie. Yeah, you're skiing around, and then you every once in a while you stop and shoot at a bunch of targets, and then you ski away, <laughs> and then you go cross country around that, and then you got to lay down and yeah. then snipe five more targets, right? And then Ukraine got to give it up to them. They got yeah. the big win over Russia, and then United States finished like. Fifth, sixth. Well, there's a lot of biathlon. You know, Russia is typically uh, historically a very good biathlon. It's them and Germany are the two big biathlon. Why is it because they're the only two countries that have heard of it? I guess. <laughs> Just wh- uh, wh- where did this even come from? But Just Russia, like, you know what? I, the two things I love: cross country skiing and shooting a pellet rifle. Yeah. If only there was a combination way I could show off both my skills. It's pretty funny when they, you know, and then if they miss, they have to. Sometimes they have to reload, and if they miss enough times, then they have to go do like a penalty lap. Man, there was a stand-up comedian, uh, maybe it was Fred Stoller, uh, back in the day, who used to have a bit, he was talking about the biathlon, and I'm going to butcher it, but he basically said, it's just the weirdest sport. That's like a sport where you run a mile and then fish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Hey, everybody! Welcome back. This is. Can you even believe we've gone this far? Episode 40... Of Raisin Brent, and I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And we got all the hot sports stuffs. So hot. Oh, it's so hot. It's getting hot in here. So, no, Ray, don't. I just, I need to take off my clothes. No, don't. I get in the moment. It's hot. It's getting so hot. Ray's going to take his clothes off. Okay, well, I mean, if that's the way we want to do it. You forced me to puke. <laughs> By taking your clothes off. Yes, I thank you. I yeah. got it. Very, because very I, well done. No, I don't think you got what was happening. So what happened was, yeah. As soon as just one ounce of your skin, I started one, one one inch of your skin was revealed. I just start retching uncontrollably. No, I think every and by retching means that I, I'm about everybody to got it. Yeah. No, we we're all on the same page here, Brent. But okay. thank you. Dear Lord, we got a lot of things we want to talk about this week. We got a lot of small topics. There's no big overarching topic because baseball and football are no no longer in season. Ray, there's no small season? topics. There's Is just, that a word? There's no small topics. There's just small well, topics. Small yeah, hosts. you're right. I guess there are I, small oh. topics. Yeah. Okay. Small topics. Fine. Yeah. No, but we got we got the NFL Combine. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh. We've got some college basketballs. The Zach Grinke getting in trouble overseas. Who would have thought that Zach Grinke would, would not be the the Perfect spokesperson for going overseas. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later on. And of course, I mean, the big story of the week, I'm getting a haircut. I Really? No, I'm not really getting uh, a haircut. It's actually Jason Collins playing. I was the say, per- your hair is looking pretty ragged. It's though, to really be long. I was like, wow. Okay, I gotta tell you a story. I was just, uh, we didn't have your a show hair, at, This is what yeah. your hair looks like in the back now. It looks like, it looks like you would walk up to me and be like, Put him up. Put him up. That's what you hear. You look like the cowardly liar. I'm right going now. for Randy Johnson from his Mariner days. That's hmm. really what I'm going for. I don't know if your hair's mullet-tastic enough. But. It's wintertime, and it's hockey season, and the Olympic hockey just went on. And I said I'm not going to cut my hair until the U.S. brings home the gold. So uh, I got four more years until I um, can cut it again. Man, t- you know what? 
that's a depressing subject, both for hockey teams just at the end. Yeah, and then, you know, all the injuries that happen, too. Like, uh, I mean, we don't do a lot of hockey on this show because, quite honestly, if it's not playoff season, me and Brent don't watch. Yeah. I think that's a fair – and you don't watch even when it is playoff season. I kind of do. It just depends, you know. I'm just like a legal uh, – I'm just like a very recent convert to – I admitted that I'm like a Kings fan. But I don't go to Kings games, you know. But if they were in the finals, I love some some Jonathan Quick. But you wouldn't have anything against going to a Kings game. Oh, Hockey no, Live is fantastic. It's fun. It's just I mean, it's pretty much a known fact. But if the Red Wings are like the nine seed right now, I don't know exactly as of this taping, but they've been hovering around the out of the playoffs this entire season. If they don't make the playoffs, we could basically go an entire NHL season and never really give them a good mention. Wow. Out of, outside of the Olympics, which are awesome. Yeah. Um, but congratulations to Canada on that. Canada and uh, Sweden, right? Sweden. Got to give it up. But, uh, yeah, so Jason Collins being the first openly gay athlete to actually physically play a game while being open, mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. So we'll uh, we'll do at least 38 seconds about that later on in the show. Maybe 29 seconds. Okay, we'll cut it down a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll see what Sergei Trotsky has to say about it. Probably not. Probably not, though, because I think we already know our answer yeah. if you listen to the last two episodes. Yeah. I, I bet he's not a fan. Probably not. But in any case, we've got a lot of stuff to get to. Let's get to it right yeah. after three seconds of Blues Traveler. Hey, the NFL is the biggest thing in the entire world. Yes, it is. And proven by the fact that the, the it's the, over. The combine, which is not a game, the NFL scouting combine this last weekend gets huge ratings. Yeah. This this is maybe the most pathetic part of the season. We get excited about dudes in their skivvies running forty yards really probably, fast. Probably gets better ratings than the NHL finals. It probably gets better ratings than anything NHL, any regular season NBA game. Uh, it's it's insane how huge the NFL has gotten these days to the point where we're actually going to lead off the show talking about the NFL Combine. That's right, Johnny Manziel jumping. Yeah is really a bigger deal than anything else on our okay. docket right now. That's insane. Here's the deal. Here's what I learned from the NFL scouting combine, Ray, Okay, mostly. Okay? Johnny Manziel, liar. Why is he a liar? He's a liar. He said, "I, you watch, watch, watch. I'm going to be six feet tall. He was five foot he was five 11, 11 and three, three quarters. quarters. Yeah. In other words, not six feet tall. Well, did he, did he try to get up on his tippy toes for it? I mean, did he just... I believe Stretch there's up. been one quarterback that's been successful ever in the NFL that was under six feet tall. Well, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say Doug Flutie. Uh, was... Well, I actually did some research on this. Okay? Oh, okay, so I'm, fair. I'm not going to act like I just knew this, but Sonny Jurgensen, 5'11". Russell Wilson, what, 5'10 and a half or something About, like that. yeah. Doug Flutie, 5'10". And then that's really the only ones that have been, I would say, really good quarterbacks that are under six feet tall. Yeah. And so... I'm just really skeptical. And you know what? Like I said, he's a liar. He's not six feet tall. He he's also, not. He also was, you know, leading us to believe he was going to run like a blazing speed. He really made it sound like he was planning to be a combine monster when mm-hmm. he showed up, that we're going to make everybody forget about everybody else. And he was going to blow it away. And Houston, if you don't take me with the number one pick, you are dumb. Okay, so uh, he ran a four six eight That's, in the 40. You know... That's okay, but that's not, average. That's not like Michael Vick speed. 
Well, he, he but, was not going to have Michael Vick. Did he speed. not kind of act like he was going to be just as fast as Michael Vick? Boy, did he. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing that I think Johnny Manziel, I mean, and it's kind of a big deal, actually, that he helped himself with is his measurables. He has huge hands. Same thing with... Who knew? Yeah. Russell Wilson has huge hands, too. And so that's one thing. It, Some have called them freakish. Yeah. So if you're, if you're small, but you have big hands, then that means you're not going to fumble. I mean, he had much bigger hands... He had much bigger hands than Teddy Bridgewater. You know what they say about men with big hands? Long fingers? Big gloves. Yeah. I think he had, like, the biggest hands of any of the quarterbacks. Or was, like, right in there. It's like, nine and seven-eighths. Is that a big hand? And ten, <laughs> I wouldn't well, know. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's hands were nine and a quarter, and he's, like, much Ooh, bigger than... Yeah, so. That doesn't seem like that big a difference. But obviously, well, it is. It is. But that's the difference between a four four and a four six. I guess. I mean, it's the same the reason 40. that like guys like that's the same for the same reason that guys like Randy Johnson throw an amazing curveball because they're they have freakishly long fingers and get just that extra spin on it helps. Yeah, and quarterback too. You know, you got an extra inch on your hand. It's just like makes it that much harder to knock it out of your hand when you get hit from behind. Works for me. So you're so, saying uh, Johnny Menzel, number one pick overall. You heard it here first. So, Brent said it. I mean, and you know what? Like the the speed thing really doesn't bother me that much. He still runs under a four seven, and he's not like going to run in a straight line anyway. Most of the time, you know. He's, Here's he, hoping he runs for a straight line. A lot of times he runs to throw it, so yeah. he'd have to be escapable enough. But you know, who knows? I mean, I think he's kind of a wild card. But I, he needs to learn. He needs to learn right now from Robert Griffin the third and Colin Kaepernick because one of those guys ran with abandon and got himself jacked up. And Colin Kaepernick is real good at not getting contact and getting as much as he can and not trying to push it. And it's kind of Nancy boy football, but it will keep you alive and yeah. continuing to play football into your second yeah. contract. That's for sure. And uh, here's the deal. Jadavian Clowney. It was insane. Who's a defensive lineman or a defensive end, depending on where he That's plays. That's a big dude. Six, five. Ran a four, five, three. <sighs> so here's what that tells me. Oh, I'm going to drop back to pass, and I'm going to try to outrun Jadavian Clowney. Nope. And I won't. I'm going to be getting my nope. my helmet knocked off, like that guy from Michigan a couple <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah, right? that was a little rough. Well, not not the Michigan guy's fault. It was just a huge hit. No, he took right? the handoff, looked upfield to see where his hole was, and then so Jadavian Mr. Clowney ate so him. So imagine Mr. <laughs> 5-11 and three quarters getting outrun and just clocked by this guy. Thank you very much. Good night. That's fair enough, but I mean, and we'll we'll do our draft coverage show, what have you. But what what do we get out of the combine? We got that Javian Clowney will probably, in my mind, be the number one overall pick. Houston and Texans have a track record of doing that with the Mario Williams over um, Reggie Bush thing from years ago. I guess to me, I mean, I could see it. I guess, but they're also you know, when you have your own head coach, Steve Spurrier, saying that he wasn't the hardest working guy on the team. Yee. But I think he was trying to downplay it. I mean, he had to come back for another year. He knew exactly where he was going to slot in as a, minimally a top five pick, even if he botched it hideously, a top ten pick in the NFL, and he just didn't want to get hurt. And and he was dealing with injuries the entire year, not to mention the fact that he was getting double and triple teamed all over the field. And he still put up decent numbers. Not great numbers this past year, but definitely decent numbers. But by everybody, you know, all these Mike Mayock and all these guys that have studied all the, the film, they're all saying that he takes a lot of plays off. 
but sometimes people take a play off because their work ethic is bad, and sometimes they take plays off, especially in that kind of position where you're just going, 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 just because you have to physically. Yeah. And sometimes that's on the coach. I mean, maybe he isn't the type of guy who can do what he does, you know, four downs all the time. Maybe you got to pull him on second down every other well, series, you know? then that's not the guy you have to pick with the number one pick in the draft. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, look at his freakish measurables. I mean, are you kidding me right now? The jump, yeah. the, the run, the just hair. Like the- I mean, it's incredible. You know who else had amazing measurables? Dwight Freeney. Oh, Dwight. <laughs> and he was pretty good, too. Okay. Bruce Irvin. Who's Bruce Irvin? Yeah, thank you very much. Oh. Combine monster hey, from a couple years ago. just because you're a combine juggernaut does not make you a great football player. But if you take the film footage of Jadavian Clowney playing in college and then mix it with the combine footage, you can basically say, this is a once-in-a-generation athlete. That, that, that just seems to be the truth. And, you know, the guys taking a wash right now are the guys like Johnny Manziel, who probably will still be a top ten. I mean, you're the one who said he wouldn't even be picked in the first round of, uh, this well, time last long, year. I said that a long time ago. That was silly. Silliness. Well, silly goose, you. Well. Silly Billy. I think that it's closer to being a reality now than it was before the combine. No, nah, this still going to be a top ten pick. I mean, look, if he's we'll there see. at four, Cleveland's taking him. We'll Cleveland see. needs something. We'll see. Although, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. All of a sudden, he just looks like a dude with an average arm in a good system for throwing the ball, like Andre Ware style back in the day when he won the Heisman. Did you see the whole s- the, the story with uh, related to Javion Clowney, uh, D. Ford, the defensive end from Auburn? Did you uh, see that story? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Ford said he was a better player than Javion Clowney, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Ford is supposed to be the thirty seventh best player in the draft. Yeah, to be fair, he's uh, he's he's a little short. That's the main thing. He is like the third-ranked defensive end. But he says, honestly, if you watch the film, and he's referring to Jadavion Clowney, he plays like a blind dog in a meat market. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. But that being said, Ford isn't even even performing at the Combine at all. He's given them nothing. I mean, he says he's hurt right now, and I have no choice but to believe him. He wasn't medically cleared to participate. And that's why I have no choice but to believe him, (laughs) because he wasn't actually medically cleared. Yeah. So uh, you you know who did take like a huge like wash, though? Michael Sam. Michael Sam. I mean, we're all rooting for that guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to see that guy get drafted. I think whatever team take, I think some team's going to, and maybe I'm wrong here. I think some one team out there is going to overdraft him. So, yeah. So, Michael Sam had, what, a 4-9-3-40 tied for the worst 40 time among any defensive ends? Yeah. But to be fair, they're going to use him as an outside linebacker, though, aren't they? Or like a blitzing linebacker kind of a deal in a in a, in a 3-4? And that that's what I got out of it, at least. So, I mean, there's maybe still some hope for him, but my goodness, he really needed to show up and just make it happen. And, and one has to wonder, is the weight of his situation maybe starting to get to him a little bit? Because on paper, he should be doing better than that. Yeah. Yeah, he should. I mean, maybe he's going to be one of those guys that just doesn't measure out well, and then he'll end up playing okay anyway you know that happens but that just means he's going to take a hit in the draft and not get a draft as high as he wants yeah he's not going to get undrafted though you don't think no he'll still be drafted i mean look you would hope honestly uh same with the manti teo thing last year right he didn't perform well at the combine and he had all those weird things happening you know character issues whatever you want to call them strange things one of the greatest stories in the history of our podcast but he still got drafted he did in the second and round, had, and thankfully. He ended up starting most of the year for San Diego, and he you know, played like yeah, he was, okay. He was hurt off and on. Yeah. He had a kind of a rough time. He made some plays out there. I mean, you so, got to give him credit. So if Manti Teo, who was, you know, one of the – was he the defensive player of the year? Something like that. He was. He had a really good he season. He was up for the Heisman. I mean, that's right. all you need to know. So 
you know, uh, Michael Sam has similar credentials. He was the SEC, SEC defensive, defensive player, player of the year, year, and you don't get that by sucking, right. you know? So, you know, he's going to get a chance somewhere, and we'll see. Sometimes that speed doesn't match. Sometimes there's a difference playing in a game and, and running on a field. And that hap- you know, a lot of times there is. But uh, now he's probably going to not get drafted as high as he wanted to. Is it almost a case, and I would just say as Michael Sam, is it almost a case of he needs to go to the right system, the right coach, and the right city? But doesn't everybody? Everybody does, but I think him more than others. He needs to go to kind of a place like in Arizona, a place that doesn't get as much media hype, uh, and then maybe has the right function around him in order to make it happen. The same thing happened to Manti Teo. He went to San Diego, which is covered by what? One newspaper and, and nothing else? No offense. To Arizona, but I don't think Arizona is oh, the state a good point. That, that you want to go to, probably. E- well, you know, I could see it absolutely happen where Michael Sam goes to get an interception and then a law enforcement official says, I'm sorry, we can't serve you that. Now, e- somewhere he could go probably is somewhere like he, he played for Missouri. He could probably play for like the Rams. But you're not going to see that. I don't think that dude's going to have success, though, playing in like the New York Giants. The Dallas Cowboys. I don't know, but I just don't think he. I think it would just be the media pressure would be too much. Maybe, but also you think about New York as a much more diverse place than some of the other cities. So maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be as big a deal. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. I just. I'm. This to me is. Where is Jason Collins playing now? Brooklyn. Thank you. So, Mm, but in L.A. Right. It's only a ten day contract. I don't know the schedule. He might not even be back in to play in Brooklyn. Sure, but. In theory. Uh, and if there was a team in L.A., you know, I'm sure there would be no problems with him playing in L.A., although there is no team. So maybe the Chargers. He could be. He could play right alongside Manti Teo. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be great? That would be t- the two great stories. The two great stories all on one team I that nobody guys, cares about. They're just going to go camping and tell stories about, well, here's, here's the weird thing that happened to me, and here's the weird thing that happened to me. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's weird what happened to Michael Sam. And then Michael Sam. Sam's like, <laughs> but Manti, at least my things were real. Oh. <laughs> Here's just like you. It's appropriate, Manti, that you're telling us these stories while we're camping because it's kind of like a ghost story. It's like people that don't exist. And then my girlfriend turned into a ghost <laughs> and disappeared into the nether. No, but for <sighs> real though, she was the chupacabra. And then, uh... so cool. Well, that's the combine right there. I, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're going to do more in-depth draft stuff. I'll put it on the record right now. Blake Bortles are. looks like a Cleveland Brown to me. Really? He's got a goofy name. He's got all the measurables, but something's not going to work. When they talk about how great he played at Central Florida, I just go, that dude just has Browns written all over him. You know what I really hope? I, I am not, I'm not a Johnny Mansell fan. I don't know why he just rubs me the wrong way. I like him. Yeah, I like, I like the swagger. I need to see him in Cleveland. Oh. <sighs> Or, you wouldn't wish that on Johnny Manziel, would honestly, you? Honestly, you know where it would be really fun to see him? Oakland. Okay, Oakland, and that's legit. That could actually happen. We'll get into that. We'll get into that when we do our – remember last year we did our top five drafts. we got to do that again. Let's get Troy Smith. Oh, man. Oh, boy. In any case, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more stuffs after three seconds of Bruce Springsteen. So sticking with the NFL, there's this story coming out of San Francisco. Dateline, San Francisco. Yep. It's your story. Do you want to tell it? Well, the story was that, you know, Jim Harbaugh almost left San Francisco to go to Cleveland to be the Cleveland Browns. 
Holy crap right there. Yes, there was a deal apparently in place that got a lot further than any reasonable person should have expected it would that would have sent Jim Harbaugh to the Cleveland Browns for like a whole bunch of draft picks, including a couple of first rounders. In theory, and this is what your theory, well, what's your theory about this whole deal? My theory is that, you know, there's, two, well, I have two theories. One, either Jim Harbaugh just hates the GM so much or the the upper the upper brass at the Niners that he just wants to leave town. Yeah. And probably wants to have more control over personnel, stuff like that. Or. Uh, and he's probably earned that right to a point. And, either, and I think the other one is almost as plausible. Jim Harbaugh is so cocky that he thinks he can be the one to turn Cleveland around. Now, come on now. Now, I just, you might be right about that second point, but let's just face facts right here on the Raisin Brent Show, episode 40. No one will ever turn Cleveland around. Ever. I didn't say they would. I said that his ego is so big that he thinks he's the guy that's going to do it. But Bill Belichick couldn't turn Cleveland around. LeBron James couldn't turn Cleveland around. That is a team and a city of losers. And I think it's been proven time and time again, right? It was funny watching Mike Pettin. Love you, Cleveland. Mike Pettin, the current, the guy that got hired after they couldn't get Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, trying to spin it and say, well, see, this shows they're committed to winning. Yeah, because they didn't go out and, and make the Jim Harbaugh thing happen when it was apparently on the table. And I guess this is the part that freaks me out, though. It's like Jim Harbaugh going to Cleveland. They have an average defense, and they've got a shameful offense. They, they, they have so little on offense, it's barely even worth mentioning. But... Jim Harbaugh coming in there, if they were going to get him, they're going to trade a bunch of number one draft picks and all these like top five picks away. How is he supposed to rebuild that team? Who's going to Cleveland on purpose in free agency? You yeah. can't build a team that way. This is just a weird story. You can finish a team that way, but you can't build a team that way. You got to draft somebody. Yeah. And this is a weird story anyway, because the, the way it's, it was framed, it seems like Joe Banner, our former... Oh, we interviewed him. Yeah, Joe Banner, he says that he called the Niners and offered draft picks for Jim Harbaugh. But I, as far as I know, you can't trade your coach. Well, the coach has to be on board with it, yeah, right? he has to be on board with it. So, But that's just it. Why do you go to, why do you go to Cleveland, a team that, where the cupboard is fairly bare and has been for a decade, and with no draft picks? With yeah. no draft picks, you're going to go ahead and just take that job. It's just like the dude who's about to go into Washington. Now, they have a little bit more on the table for the Redskins than the Browns do, but they traded away all their good picks for RG3, who's yeah. hobbled already in sec two years into the league. Right. So wh what are you doing? Like, how arrogant does he have to be? Now, maybe that was one of the stumbling blocks, as Jim Harbaugh said, no. But your, your theory is, I mean, it's, it's come out now that uh, Jim Harbaugh and the GM of the 49ers do not get along. Yeah. This is very much like what happened in San Diego with Norv Turner and A.J. Smith, where the two were just feuding all the time, and then the coach was doing just well enough that the GM just could not fire him, and then they ended up firing him after, what, like a 14-2 and two season or something silly like that? Yeah. This may happen with Harbaugh. Harbaugh may be the great free agent coach of next year if this team doesn't once again go to the Super Bowl. Well, they fired him because they had a good season and they didn't win a playoff game again. Fair enough, but shoot, you ask any Detroit Lion or Cleveland Browns or Jacksonville Jaguar fan out there, and you go, "Hey, if your team went fourteen and two next year and lost a playoff game, would you be happy?" Look, I'm the answer would be yes. Right. We would be ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, well, but for those perennial losers like those teams you just mentioned, perennial losers like San Diego loser isn't franchises. San Diego like is you just not a perennial Cleveland, victory championship. Detroit, Jacksonville. I think those are three great teams that you mentioned right there, and they all belong together in Loserville. It's probably that time I punched you. 
Right in the nose. How dare you? <laughs> well, hey, you put them all in the same group. I, I was didn't. saying a team that does not historically have the chain of success over the last 10, 20 years would never make that move. And I would say a shorter way to say that is losers. How dare you? I already said Cleveland is a city of losers, and I'm ending my statement there. And you also put them in the same sentence with Detroit. As we already mentioned, Ray, they both were, you know, founded by hillbillies. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. But so wait, so... If you're going to trade, if you're the if you're the Cleveland, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now, mm-hmm. and for some reason Andy Reid was not in the picture, right? We'll just say he he got abducted by aliens and uh, he's being flown around the galaxy, and you were forced to trade for a coach from any other team in the okay. NFL. Who who is like the top three or number one or whatever you want to do? Who would you want to trade for right away? Who would be your coach? If I'm being really honest, yes, the number one coach I would want. I, I hate him on the other team. Jim Caldwell from the Detroit Lions, right? Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh is the yeah. number one coach? Oh, yeah. Stop it. Jim I don't even think he's close to being the number one coach in the NFL. I think he is. I mean, how long has it been since San Francisco was good? I mean, it wasn't that Last long year? ago. It wasn't that long ago when they were like, you know. When, when the, the, the sad Alex Smith years. I mean, well, nobody's ever going to win with that guy. Am I right? Re- oh. Uh, well, it wasn't that long ago, though, when what's-his-name was pulling his pants down in the locker room. You know, Mike Singletary, <laughs> Mike Singletary. showing the team his butt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Here's how on. you guys are playing, butt. Yeah. And then he says, Vernon Davis, can't win with him. Yeah. Can't, I'd rather play 10 people on the field than play with that guy because we can't win with him. Uh, Vernon Davis has been in the NFC Championship game the last three years in a row. So apparently Jim Harbaugh could win with him. I mean, sorry, I'm a, Mike. I'm a big believer. I believe this is. I believe that believer uh, football. No, I'm not a believer. Uh, huh. I'm, oh, and yeah, we could talk about Bieber later. He, you know, he turned down. They offered him a, a standard plea bargain for his DUI, and he turned it down because he doesn't want to. Well, we'll get to there. He doesn't want to go to drug counseling classes. Well, all the children would cry. But anyway, <laughs> so Jim Harbaugh, you would be the number one guy that you would take. Yes, and that's and that's because he turned around Stanford. He did not a perennial winner, not typically, and uh, he turned around San Fran, which has not been a winner for a long time. And what I believe is, I think, I mean, Kansas City. It shows you last year it happened, and it happened in Kansas City back when we had Marty Schottenheimer, and then mm-hmm. Marty Schottenheimer, wherever he went, they would win a lot of games. Now, granted, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but coaches have a huge effect on teams, man. Yeah, of look course at, they do. Look at New Orleans last year. I mean, I don't. Uh, well, you mean from two years from ago. two years ago, yeah, and, and to last year. Hey, Sean Payton's the man. I mean, it's hard to even doubt he's one of the top guys in the game, but you would take Jim Harbaugh over Bill Belichick? Yes. You would take Jim Harbaugh over Bill Belichick, who's pretty much the genius Bill of the NFL Belichick right now. Belichick has not won a Super Bowl since he got caught cheating, Ray. Yeah, and he'll find new ways to cheat and get right back up on top again. And then Tom Brady's going to be gone in a couple years, and he wasn't good before he had Tom Brady. He really wasn't the coach much before he had Tom Brady, though. He was the coach in Cleveland. Well, as previously mentioned... No one ever will win in Cleveland. And he was the coach in, you know, with... with uh, He followed around a pretty good Bill Parcells. Drew, what's his face? Drew Bledsoe? Drew Bledsoe. Drew, what's his face? He's, yeah, he's Drew, what's his ri- face? You know why I call him that? Because he couldn't win a Super Bowl, and then they got Tom Brady, and they could. Hey, Tom Brady's a superstar. And you know what Tom Brady and Jim Harbaugh have in common? Both went to the University of Michigan, so can't, I can appreciate. Can't, can't deny that. What you're saying? What, I mean, I can't believe you you're could. arguing. I said I, I'm the one who wants to take Jim Harbaugh, and you're, it's uh, you're Bill arguing with me. It's totally Bill Belichick. I think it's Harbaugh. He has nobody on offense. He has Tom Brady and a team of nothing every single year, and he just lucks into players like Gronkowski, because... Wes Welker, uh, Kembrell Tompkins. Last year had an okay season as a rookie, or at least first year starter. I love Belichick. He's a great coach, but I think Jim Harbaugh is kind of the new. 
He's kind of the new Bill Belichick. Okay, pick one more. Who would be the second guy that you take? If you if, okay, we'll just say he's off the table. Jim Harbaugh vetoes that trade because he just like Cleveland, he can't win in Kansas City. Okay, who would be the number two guy that you would take? Number two guy I would take with the team that Kansas City has right now. Yes, probably Bill Belichick. You take Bill Belichick. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's say those two are off the table because our team got Bill Belichick. Okay. Then I'm probably taking... Uh, to me, it's between two people. To me, it's between Sean Payton, aforementioned of the New Orleans Saints, who could just magic. Yeah. That dude is just magic, and maybe it's only ever going to work in New Orleans, but my goodness, the other guy it has to be. Doesn't it have to be? Ron Rivera. Yes, Riverboat Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other one you're thinking? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Doesn't yeah. it have to be Pete yeah. Carroll? Look at what he's done in yeah. such a short time in Seattle. I mean, getting Richard Sherman, drafting in the fifth round, Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP in the seventh well, round? And, uh, You've got to be kidding me. And you know what? Pete Carroll would have been probably my number three. Um, the thing I like about Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh is they both are guys that really relate to the players. Whereas, you know, uh, and Belichick, Pete Carroll, Belichick is Pete more Carroll's like... an old guy. You would Bel- never think it. Belichick is more like the Bill Parcells. Yes, type mode. You know? Very much like Bill Parcells Which is you know getting harder and harder to work. Although it has worked, you know Tom Coughlin was kind of that mode, and he won the Super Bowl. Look at Eric Mangini. Yeah, I mean, granted, he also went to Cleveland, and that no one again, no one will win in Cleveland. But also, he went to the Jets, which is we had an okay team at the time and had one really good year. And then you're right; it is hard to keep up because if you're not the genius that Bill Belichick is, you will get exposed quickly. Yeah, unless you've got those fresh ideas to bring to the table and you've got all that wizardry. You will be totally exposed. Exposed. Oh, hey, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys can see all that. I'm exposed. Was that from Downton Abbey? No. I just assumed I, you were talking about it. No, Downton Abbey would be more like, oh, this been a murder. Oh, time for tea. <laughs> That's Downton Abbey. Man. We bring it hot and heavy here on the Sorry. Raisin Brent Show. I'm depressed, but I'm a... Uh... I'm in the upper crust of England, so I won't show it. Well, I just discovered why I don't watch Downton Abbey. I'm head butler, and that's all I ever want to do. It's like Doctor Who with no special effects. Nice. Ooh. Downton Abbey's pretty fun to watch. No, I hear it's good. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. A little coaching. A little coaching action to get us fired up, because you know what? NFL, king in town. Everybody knows they're the king of town. They're the king. They're the king. We'll be right they're back. They're the king. You ready? They're the king of Memphis, Tennessee. I thought that was... Um, That's Andy Kaufman from the 1980s. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, I thought that was Jerry Lawler. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Oh, man. Jerry Lawler in the Andy Kaufman things. One of my favorite things ever, Ray. We'll get to that another time. Yeah. Because for right now, How we're going to move... No. How gonna... about now? No! We're going to move off of football, and we're going to have more talk. And blah! After three seconds of... Cake. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. So Zach Greinke got himself in a little bit of international trouble. Ooh, Zach Greinke, man of international intrigue. He uh, said some pretty uh, disparaging things about Australians. Yeah, I mean, he basically said that, well, to preface the story, the Dodgers yeah. are going to play a couple games in, in Australia, correct? And nobody wants to. Nobody wants to play regular season games in Australia on the other side of the world just to play a few games. Like, yeah. Nobody's on board with kind this. Kind of like how nobody wants to be in London and have an NFL team. Just saying, Ray. Anyway. Let's just gloss past that for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> but so he, he just basically said, and his teammate said, he said what we're all thinking. He's just the one who said it because he is just like the main character from the bridge. 
can't stop himself from just saying what he feels at any yeah. given moment. I mean, he has social anxiety issues, and and uh... well, that'll come from living in Kansas City. I mean, uh, any any baseball player who doesn't <laughs> have a nervous breakdown from having to live and play for the Royals and has to take sixty days off, I I don't even understand how they live with mm-hmm. themselves, you know. But then he also later won a Cy Young. He's like, you know what? He realized it's not that bad. Well, he, I think he realized that that was the only way he was going to get out of town is to win a, like Cy, a, Young win a Cy Young award. Better win a Cy Young. It's somebody will finally take me. Even wow. Milwaukee. I'll even go to Wisconsin. That's how bad I want to get out of Missouri. You've given me a new perspective, right? You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe if I apply myself. Anyway, uh, so they're going to play over there, and he basically said that you know nobody wants to play over here. It's and but you know what. He's a big guy on routines. He's he needs to be in his own routine. That's one reason that you know Zach Greinke. If you look at, he's one of the guys that will have a great record at home, and he's yep. like and not nearly as good on the road. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I don't want to be like mental health issues are a strong thing facing our nation these days. But dude is a little crazy. I mean, well, he's, he's still got, he's got he's counseling got, and everything. Yeah, he's got social anxiety. And, he does. And, yeah. But I mean, but you're right though. He seems like a very habitual guy, mm-hmm. a guy who needs things to be a certain way every single time. He's not. I mean, he's just not going to be cool with Paul Hogan waking him up at eight a.m. with a can of Fosters. You know? Yeah. And and uh, you call that a curveball? Right. This is a curveball. Imagine Paul Hogan. Tries I'm to pregnant. Play, tries to play the uh, you know knifey spoony game with him, and Zach Greinke's like, nope, not going to do it. That's not in my that sir. That is not in my schedule today. And then he's just like, nope, that's a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. And Zach's like, no, they're both knives. One Actually, is smaller and one is bigger. Technically, yeah. I mean, they both have sharp <laughs> edges. Oh, my gracious. But the people of Australia are all up in arms about this. Well, you They're know, really mad. Because, I mean, Well, because the reason that they, they're having the MLB go over there is so that they can create excitement for the – it's partially a tourism thing. Well, it's so to get the name of baseball out there. You're getting your, But for Australia, it's for them to get more tourism. Both For sides MLB, have a reason to do it. Yeah. They want to be once the, the they want baseball to be an international game, and it is becoming so. Not quite the level that soccer and basketball are, but going. I mean, like baseball has a chance to be the third big one, right. and, you know. So if it's kind of like possible, if the MLB approaches Australians like, "Hey, we can help spread our name, and you guys can get more tourism." And then Zach Greinke's like, "Nobody wants to come here." Then it's like, <laughs> then MLB, the Major League Baseball is like, "Well, uh, Zach." Hey, you're Zach. Not, you're not helping our. We're goodwill ambassadors. Yeah, we're goodwill ambassadors. <laughs> Don't shoot a kangaroo while you're right, there. Right, exactly. It just reminds me of the old uh, joke about a, a British man goes through customs to Australia. And they say, but before we let you into Australia, we do have a few questions. And the British guy says, hey, no problem. Let's do it. Here's my passport. And they go, okay. So have you been convicted of any crimes? And the British man says, I didn't realize that was still a prerequisite to coming to Australia. Wow. Hey, everybody. <laughs> The former penal colony, Australia. Gotta um, love it. Gotta love it. But you know what? Who I really blame? I don't blame. I don't blame Zach Granke because well, you, you don't gotta blame him a little bit, don't no, you? No, you don't. And Not even a little bit. And here's why. Why is that? The Dodgers know Zach Granke's past. They know his issues. So someone in public relations with the Dodgers needs to talk to him before they have these things and say, Zach. And they need. They should have had a meeting with everyone, saying basically, guys, nobody. Talk about how we don't go on this trip. Shouldn't that be known? Shouldn't you just know if you're in a goodwill ambassador mission to another country? You don't bash that country. And, and who's, but, who's even giving Zach Grinke permission to talk to the media? Right. You know who he is. But the deal is, if you have social issues and you don't pick up social cues, then that's something you have to be taught and you have to be... So Correct. it's not. So they should have known that and they should have told him about it beforehand. And I'll bet you then Zach would have not just said no comment. He probably would have said no comment, but he definitely wouldn't have said that if they told him. 
if they tell them ahead of time, don't rip on Australia. So I blame the Dodgers or you know the uh, upper management and the public relations people for not for not kind of prepping the team for it. The problem was actually is that he 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 said it in a different place, and then it boomeranged back mm-hmm. to his actual press conference. Nice. Uh, they can't all be gems, folks. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, I want to bash my head against a wall. But anyway, I mean, hey, everybody, is it a really big deal though? Because doesn't everybody kind of want to go to Australia anyway? Isn't I would it, like, love to go to Australia. Isn't it a really popular place to go? I've seen that so. movie with uh, Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman, and it seems like a place of adventure. Uh, I saw The Gods Must Be Crazy one and two, and it seems like The Gods Must Be Crazy. All these animals with pouches? Yeah. And Who like a, that? a Coke bottle falling from the sky? Right. And Whoa. Mr. Stain? He's such a bumbling guy. <laughs> so in other words, so if we're going to take a lesson out of this, when going on a trip to abroad, mm-hmm. the person with the anxiety dysfunction should not be your mouthpiece. Exactly. He's going to get you in trouble. Right. That's an important lesson from the Raisin Brand Show. Well, there you go. That's it. Well, let's go ahead. And, and now th- you know. Now- and now you know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Real American hero. G.I. Joe was there. 25-year-old references. Raisin Brent will bring them to you. <laughs> Raisin Brent. Da-da-da-da. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. <laughs> after Raisin three- Brent. Ah. Three seconds of... Florence and the Machine. So, uh, I I found a really funny thing happening on Twitter this week. Yeah. Which is um, Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor of the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks, Yeah. World champions. World champions. Uh, What is he? uh, Safety, right? Defensive defensive back. Yeah. Uh, Cam Chancellor says, I want to go to a Pacers game on Twitter. And then... Uh, Why would he ever want to do that? Because they're awesome. And He wants to see boring and then Richard Sherman. Bur- Richard Sherman chimes in and says, the Pacers should invite us someday, LOL. And then Paul George retweets and says, yes, sir. And uh, and then they just keep going back and forth. And, and, and Richard Sherman basically says, we love the way y'all play defense with technique, communication, and passion. Going to come check y'all out in person. Uh-oh. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty bro, rad. Bro love, to which Paul George... Bro love! To which Paul George responds, Come through, bro. You might learn something about defense. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gracious. But then he says, Ha ha, JK. We welcome the champs. Ha ha, J- JK Simmons? Yeah. Star JK, of Spider-Man? JK Rowling. Oh, JK Rowling. Yeah. So it's like it's magic. Hashtag respect. So he, you know, he was... It's pretty funny. I I find it fascinating to watch like big high powered people talking to each other on Twitter, especially like cross platforms. If yeah. it's two comedians talking to each other, we're like, okay, well these guys, you know. But when it's two athletes from different sports, yeah. and different parts of the country, you it's don't like, think they're all homeboys. That's you what know? you have to love about Twitter is it allows us into their world world a little bit. Yes, it and, does. But the, at the same time, I'm kind of wondering, like, why didn't they just call each other? You know, are they are they trying to really get publicity because they probably don't know each other. Maybe they don't. They probably don't. I mean, what easier way to get a hold of somebody? Like, if Richard Sherman tweets at you and you're a big-time athlete, he might not have your number. You might not be bros with him, but maybe it's like, hey, I, w- I would like to get to you know, know you. You know an easier way? Direct uh, message on Twitter? Siri, call agent. Hey, can you get Paul George for me? I mean, that's... <laughs> it's probably true, yeah. yeah. But that's, like, that's steps. And, you know, you're you're filtered. Yeah. You're not filtered on Twitter. 
Right. You can say whatever you want and then delete it and then pretend like your account got hacked. Yeah. Isn't that the go-to for every celebrity? <laughs> Whose account actually got hacked on Twitter? Is there one legitimate case nobody's ever? Ever, been, ever? Nobody's ever been hacked on Nobody's Twitter. ever. If you ever say your account got hacked on Twitter, yeah. you may that is that like the uh, the athlete and celebrity version of, oh, my medication messed with the alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't be held responsible for any of the terribly derogatory things I said. Somebody hacked my Twitter. No, dude. No. No. It's almost to the point now where you have to say a different excuse because now everyone assumes that you're lying when you say your Twitter account got hacked. What if you were the one guy who actually got his Twitter account hacked by like a neo-Nazi you, group? You couldn't use it as an excuse because no one would believe you. Listen. It's like the whole world cried wolf and now no one ever believes a wolf's coming. Right. It's like if you're Jason Collins, you know, listen, guys, you know I'm not a neo-Nazi skinhead. I'm not in the KKK. I don't know where all this white power stuff came on my wall. Mm -hmm. Somebody clearly hacked my account. Be like, nah, no Jason Collins, openly gay player for the Brooklyn Nets. Nice try. Nice try. Where's your hood? Is it at the dry cleaners? Yeah. Like, no, it, it is possible. But it hasn't happened yet, right? I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah. Oh, guys, my oh my podcast got oh. hacked, and somebody's sounding just like Ray. One of my podcasts and hacked my hacked my feed. No, it was the, me. The only time the only time I do remember somebody actually getting hacked, where I believed it was when the whole Manti Teo thing was happening, and uh, somebody started tweeting again from Lanai's account after the whole. Oh thing yeah, and start and start trolling Manti Teo. I think it was actually Lanai. I think she's real. Yeah. I I want to believe Brent. Oh, I, I want that. I want a T-shirt with Lene's picture on it that just says, "I want to believe." Ray, no, no. Next, next thing you know, you're going to be talking about how the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Yeah, they're they're cool dudes. What? What about it? Oh, Ray. No, no. I mean, they leave me candy and presents. Oh, Ray. What? Now the Tooth Fairy, she's real. Oh no, she's hot too. Have you met her? Yeah. Oh, my God, looks just like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh. <sighs> And you're going to say, oh, she's not hot because she looks like a man. But it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter what you think a man looks like. <laughs> Gracious. On that note. Speaking of Twitter, though, it's time to wrap up the show and talk about Twitter. Yeah. Cause that, the, that was the worst segue ever, right? Because we went backwards to pull our segue. The worst segue ever is that segue that that guy was driving that had a tap out logo on it. <laughs> Sadly, I actually do know what you're talking about. Remember when that was the future? Have we mm -hmm. talked about that before? Yeah. When uh, Segways were supposed to be the big invention that would modernize and change everything the way Although, the automobile did? Hoverboards are real now, though, Ray. So are sneakers that tie themselves. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm, living in the future. Yep. And who knew in the future, Raisin Brent would get to episode number 40? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Trust me. I didn't. <laughs> I wanted to stop after the first one. Well, it probably would have been a good idea. Yeah. But we're going to keep going anyway. What do you think? Yeah. What well, the heck? <laughs> For reasons I can't say to Ray, I I have to continue. So. Well, it was part of your probation. Yeah. I said we can't. I meant neither one of us could say it, Ray. Oh, well, I thought I was allowed. Part of my probation is indentured servitude to Ray. It's, I don't like to talk about it too much yeah. on the air, but um, the only reason we continue to do the show on a weekly basis is he'll, Brent will go back to jail. If he stops doing the show. Yeah. And many times I think, you know, like Red and uh, Shawshank Redemption, sometimes I think about just stop doing the show so they'd send me back there. <laughs> I hope my friend Ray is out there somewhere. I hope that the sky is as blue as I imagine it. I hope. <laughs> 
On that note, you can get a hold of me at Almighty Ray. And I'm at Scoops Pope. You could actually tweet at the show at Ray Brent Podcast. Or heck, check us out on Facebook. That's our main site. Mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast. You could email the show if you wanted to. Word. I mean, why not? Why would you not want to? Why? I don't know. I think you should tweet us tweet at us I, instead. But I mean, I mean I, after really, that who great, emails anymore? After that great reenactment of the final scene of Shawshank Redemption. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Morgan Freeman is in the movie. I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy Dufresne the first time I saw him. Looks like a stiff wind would knock him over. You can email the show at <laughs> Ray... I can't even say it now. RayBrentPodcast at gmail.com. Go to iTunes. Hit us up. Give us five stars. Mm -hmm. Give us a review. We want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of you. Ooh, yep. that sounded um, wrong. Weird. Or, or check us out on Stitcher Radio. We're on the Stitcher Radio app right now. You can put the app on your phone. You can listen right on your browser on your interwebs. Stitch it up. You can just open a tab, play the last show from Ray Brent Podcast, the Raisin Brent Show. That's us. Mm -hmm. And just troll the internet like you normally do with the show on in the background. Yeah. What are you, too good to use technology? What are you, a Rifkinite? I love technology. We also got to say a lot of thank yous, as this show has completely gone off the rails. <laughs> I apologize, everybody. No, we're, don't apologize. It's we're, amazing. We're having fun over here today, and sometimes a little bit too much fun. If only some of that fun would pour into the broadcast. Aww. Oh, sadness. <laughs> I'd like to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang and the Train Rex for the music. David yeah. Noel for producing. Jordan Monsell. JordanMonsell.com. Buy some art. Buy some steampunk silhouette art from him, just like right. our logo. Amazing. He'd probably even sell you our logo. I saw a cool one the other day that's Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Martin... Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman as Sherlock... Sherlock, as the BBC people say. Oh. <laughs> I really thought you were going of... for uh, Bilbo Baggins and Smoke. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. So they had the same they had, dudes. They had two of them? I just really wanted at some point during the Desolation of Smog movie to have Bilbo Baggins turn to Smog and say... Elementary, my dear Smog. Do I do I know you from somewhere? Two twenty one B Baker Street. <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, In any uh, case, yeah. I'm I'm ready to get out of here. Would you anybody you'd like to thank Brent? I'd like to thank Matthew Stafford. Why? Because I. Why are you mad? I'm gonna say something good about him. He was, You're never gonna say anything. No, you was, always make fun of him. No, he was great in the. I saw the Lego movie and he was amazing. I hear that was incredible. Yeah, he was in it. So he did, was in it. Did you see him? In I it? have not seen it. No. Oh, yeah, he plays the Duplo. That's the. Uh, that's the really fat, big Lego. Yeah, I know what a Duplo block is. It's yeah. for babies. I mean, they had to do a little bit of CGI to make him square because he's like really, really round and squishy and. Legos he's are... not fat! He's round and squishy. He's not... He's not a... Good night, everybody. See ya. Gonna have to drag me out in chains. Gonna have to drag me out in chains. Gonna have to drag me out in chains. What you wanted And then you run and you flaunt it I've got something to Alright, are we plugged in here? We're good? Yeah. <laughs> We're running. Uh, <clears throat> I see I clear my... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> clear my throat a little bit. What do you... 
I accom- You've been talking normal for the last hour straight. I know. <clears throat> That's my limit. You get an hour, and then all of a sudden you have to just... As soon as I start rolling the tape... That's right. I, I'm like uh, I'm like that dude from 8 Mile Road. Choke, 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 choke. But you're choke. actually choking. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. No, have a, have a drink. Right on the microphone. <sighs> you re- you want to do this? <sighs> Is it the real thing? <sighs> Booyah. All right. <clears throat>